0: You're listening to Songs in a Strange Land, foraging in the landscape of faith, culture and creativity. So welcome again to Songs in a Strange Land. Um, This is sort of the supplemental piece to the last episode we did. So um, we've just been speaking to Ross Meikle, who is a storyteller um, about his his kind of stories that he writes and tells and how they relate to his faith, um, the Bible, Christianity, all that kind of stuff, Um, and we thought as a a special treat we'd ask Ross if he could tell you one of his stories for the podcast. Um, So Ross has had a a bit of a long-term project of turning the Beatitudes into fairy tales. Um, He primarily writes fairy tales and science fiction and a few other bits and bobs, Um, but yeah, So I will ask Ross to to introduce his story, if you'd like, and and to take it away with telling us it. So, Ross, over to you. Thank you very much. Uh,
1: This is the first fairy tale in the series, and so it follows the Beatitude, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for they shall see God, if I remember correctly, Um, and yeah it's gone through uh, lots of it's gone through many edits over the last couple of years. I've been working on it, and this is it in its most current form so the start of the road once upon a time, there was a prince and a princess who always knew exactly what they wanted. They were the children of a powerful king and queen who owned an empire so whenever the prince and princess wanted something. They were sure to get it. They thought that they had the best life imaginable, because they always got their own way, and whatever their strong wills desired, they received. One day they each received an invitation. It was a calling to the best life imaginable. Well, they were confused at first, because they thought they already had the best life imaginable. But then they looked at one another With greedy eyes. If this wasn't it, then imagine how great the best life imaginable must really be. They agreed that they must go, so they each packed a suitcase, said goodbye to the king and queen, and left the palace, following the map on the back of their invitations that would lead them to where X marked the spot. First, they came to a river that was impossible for them to cross. They looked up and down the river but could see neither bridge nor boat. What shall we do? The prince asked. Let's see if we can wade across, the princess suggested. So they left their clothes and suitcases on the riverbank and waded into the shallows of the river. But it was too deep for them. All of a sudden, The waters rose up around them. Then, bursting up from the middle of the river, a man made of water appeared. His long hair and beard were a mass of foam and bubbles. Hello, the waterman said. Would you be trying to wade across the waterway? We were, said the princess, but it is too deep for us to cross. "'Do you know what waits on the other side of these waters?' the waterman asked. "'The prince and princess looked across the river "'and replied, saying that they could see a forest. "'The waterman said, "'On the other side of this river is a wilderness, a wild land, "'nothing like you have ever experienced before, "'not wicked or wily.' But it is wild and wonderful and weird, so be wary. Why would you venture that way? What brings you to these waters? We want the best life imaginable, said the princess. We've received an invitation, said the prince. Aha! I know the call you've heard and the life you seek. 'Tis a journey from darkness to light, and as you wander... The dawn from on high shall break upon you, and your feet will be guided into the way of peace. Oh, it is a worthy cause indeed. But are you ready for your wanderings ahead? Are you willing to pay the price? It will be worth everything you own, all you hold dear. The prince and the princess thought for a moment, and then said, Yes. It will be wearisome and woeful at times. You may be distracted, the waterman said. Will you resist these distractions and be wise not in your own ways, but in those of the writer of your letters? The prince and princess thought for a moment and then said, Yes. Finally, the waterman asked them, Will you weaken your own will? and obey the words in every letter you receive. They thought for a moment about the king and the queen, the palace and the empire that was destined to be theirs. They thought about the promise of the best life imaginable that would surely surpass everything they knew. And so they said, Yes, this quest will give us the best life imaginable. Of course we will. The waterman smiled and said, Wonderful! It is always best to be washed when you start a new voyage, don't you think? Then he dove back into the water and created, or perhaps turned into, a great wave that washed over the prince and princess. As the wave receded, the waterman was gone, and the prince and the princess waded out of the river completely drenched and laughing. They did not know how it had happened, but somehow they were now on the opposite riverbank. Their suitcases and clothes stranded, left behind on the other side. Two white habits were hanging from a tree branch. There's no going back now, the princess said. But my favourite blue jumper is back there, the prince bemoaned. I guess we'll have even better clothes when we receive the best life imaginable. Until then, these habits will have to do. They put on the white habits that itched and scratched them all over, and they entered the wild forest. In the pockets of the habits, they found what surely must be identical copies of their invitations. They followed a track through the forest, and soon the sun was setting. Shadows and darkness surrounded them. They held hands to make sure they stayed together, but when they came to a fork in the road, they could not agree on which way to go. They argued with each other, until they ended up sulking. Oh, deary me, this won't do at all now, will it? a voice said. The prince and the princess turned around to see that they had been joined by a lady carrying a lantern. Good evening, the lantern lady smiled. It isn't, the princess pouted. Why ever not? asked the lantern lady. I want to go down the left path, and she wants to go down the right path, the prince grumbled. What do your invitations say you should do? the lantern lady asked. How do you know about our invitations? they asked back. She smiled at them. You are not the first to have been on this quest, and you shall not be the last. Many reach this point and are overwhelmed by the darkness. How many others? the princess asked. Oh, countless people, the lantern lady said. You are not on this journey alone, so you'd best learn to work together. Who sends the invitations? the prince asked. You'll find out in your own time. But he casts the mighty from their thrones and lifts up the lowly. He feeds those who are hungry and sends the rich away empty. Know that you are like family to him. Are you family? Yes, we are a prince and a princess. But that tells me nothing of your relationship. Are you betrothed? Are you married? Are you siblings? Or simply royal friends? Speak simply. We are brother and sister, they said. Perfect, the lantern lady squealed in delight. Brothers and sisters work together the best. Now, put your heads together. The brother and sister thought for a minute. If we had some light, we could see which way is best for us to go, they agreed. They turned back to the lantern lady who had somehow produced two oil lamps for them. She handed them over to the brother and sister. Brother, sister, let me serve you. The oil in these lamps is blessed. The oil will never run out and will burn eternally. She kissed them on the forehead. Let the light guide you and not your own stubborn spirits. She walked back down the road they had come from, singing as she went. The brother and sister held up their oil lamps to illuminate a path that went neither left nor right, but straight down the middle. They smiled at each other, held hands, and followed the path out of the forest. The brother and sister reached the place where X marked the spot on the map on their invitations. The sun had set, and darkness had fallen over the land. They were standing on a hill among some ancient ruins. From the hill they could see the forest, the river, and the palace, their home, illuminated by the moon and stars. This used to be a palace as well, you know, a voice said. Standing beside them was an old man with a long white beard that tickled the ground where he stood. He looked out at the view with them. Who are you? the brother asked. Did you send the invitations? I have sent no invitations, said the old man. But I received one once. Who was it from? asked the sister. From the king to whom I have sworn fealty. Our father is the king, the old man laughed. (laughs) But he is not my king. What did your invitation say? "'The old man feigned shock. "'Such an impudent question! "'My invitation is the same as everyone else's. "'It is to the best life imaginable. "'But there was something extra to my invite. "'My king has asked me to wait, "'and so I have waited. "'I have waited my entire life. "'Your whole life? "'But didn't you want a family?' Didn't you want a wife and children? To have a house that you can call yours, filled with things that belong to you. Why would you give those up? Because I desired to serve my king. I surrendered all I held dear, because I love my king, and I believe that my king loves me. And so I wait, and I shall wait some more until such a time that I can stop waiting. When will that be? "'when my own eyes have seen the salvation "'prepared in the sight of all peoples. "'Only then shall I stop waiting.' "'And the old man sat down on a rock "'which had a groove that fitted him perfectly, "'possibly after years of being sat upon. "'The brother and sister sat at his feet "'and watched the land before them, "'the moon, the stars and their oil lamps, "'their only lights. "'It was a calm night and beautiful.' Then, from nowhere, a stranger said, "'It's good.' The brother and the sister stood up and spun around quicker than the old man could manage, who, as he rose, tripped on his beard and fell to the ground. The brother and sister watched as the stranger knelt down beside him and helped him up. The old man looked into the stranger's eyes and smiled. He looked so happy That the brother and the sister did not think they could ever see anyone so happy again. Lord, now you let your servant go in peace according to your word. He kissed the stranger on the forehead, then the brother and the sister, and without a word more he set off down the hill and he was gone. Who are you? the brother and the sister asked the stranger. I am a stranger on the road. Did you send us our invitations? I did. Thank you for coming. He smiled, and it was the friendliest smile. So can we have the best life imaginable now? The sister grinned. The stranger on the road gave a curious look, and didn't say a word. He sat down by the rock, and from a bag on his back he pulled out fuel for a fire. The brother and the sister sat down too, and watched him as he built a fire, lit it, and began to mull some wine. The brother and sister looked around the ruins. "'What happened here?' they asked. "'It was once a palace that ruled a great empire,' the stranger on the road told them. "'But it crumbled. They all crumble. "'Did you make it crumble?' "'The sister asked suspiciously. "'What makes you think that?' "'The lantern lady said that you cast the mighty from their thrones "'and lift up the lowly.' "'The stranger on the road smiled and said, "'Empires fall because they do not follow my way. "'They think they know best, but they don't. "'I do know best, and that is a fact. "'Will you follow my way?' "'We want the best life imaginable.' like you said in our invitations. Tell me, brother, sister, what does the best life imaginable look like? They thought for a moment. Then the sister said, It is like the smile on the old man's face when he looked into your eyes. And the brother said, I want to smile like him one day. The stranger on the road smiled like a child. Follow me, he said. He didn't move or go anywhere, so the brother and sister weren't quite sure what to do. But the stranger on the road took a loaf of bread from his bag and ripped it into three, handing two pieces out to the brother and sister. Then he poured the mulled wine into three clay mugs. He raised his mug, and the brother and sister raised theirs. "'To the journey ahead,' he said, and he took a drink.
0: "'You
1: mean you're not going to give us the best life imaginable now?' the brother and sister asked. "'The stranger on the road laughed kindly. "'That's not how it works. You have to find it for yourself. "'But you are well on your way. "'Don't be afraid. Follow me. "'This is the start of the road.'"
0: You've been listening to Songs in a Strange Land. Please send any comments or questions to songsinastrangeland at gmail.com